Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Bobby Moore as a Jeff Hurst. The trailer looking at Billy Bones. A Paolo DiCaprio. A West Ham United. We celebrate Victories, we stick together in defeat. I'm proud of our history. The West Ham United, more than just a podcast. More than just a podcast. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. It's neither good morning good evening or good afternoon it's a poor it's a bad evening afternoon and morning yes not the result we wanted to come back to after the international break really is it embarrassing uh, i'm here with john hello john hello how you doing i'm fine thank you excellent and you heard sean is here also uh bad evening to you <laughs> george uh, and we have new microphone heads yeah looking very posh yeah so, we're not actually going to start talking about that game, or should we, because it's fresh in the memory? Well, I think it follows on better with the running order, because then we follow on to the gaffer and things. Let's, let's talk about, briefly, about the one we missed. And apologies first for missing um, the last podcast before the international break. We had some scheduling difficulties due to popular, popular music, music concerts concert. that George and John went to. Yep. And I couldn't reschedule another day as well. So, uh, apologies thanks for, that. for not just giving us all the blame. Yeah, That's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Busy lives we lead. So, which one are we going to talk about first? Everton. Everton, okay. Uh, so, it seems an age ago now, but uh, we drew one all at home to Everton. Yeah. Uh, we started quite well, I thought. Lanzini scored a worldie. Uh, and then we let them back into it, and it was that man, Lukaku, yeah, again. It was obvious, wasn't it? Mr. Lukaku. Is it seven games in a row against us now? Something like seven? that. Should have had a bet on that, shouldn't we? There were people. There was odds on for him to score quite um, good odds, I believe, at the time. But yeah, we should have done because it's bloody obvious. But we did have the possession, and we did have more shots and more shots on target. It was decent. So enough, on paper, decent enough game. We could have we could have nicked it, couldn't we? Yeah. Who but was it? Missed the sitter. Well. I'm trying to remember who missed the sitter that could have won it for I can't us. Remember, it was ages ago now. Do you remember, John? I don't remember. All I remember is the thinking how sort of how much they sort of physical they were. They sort of kicked the shit out of us, really, and they they obviously did for Piet. Yeah, well, that that was the big, obviously, talking point of the game, which is you know James McCarthy. Um, and the more you watch it, the worse it gets. Yeah, 
red card and um it wasn't know. a red card, was it? It should have been a red card. No, I though. remember the ref was pretty awful, wasn't he? But I mean, they were really physical. It's, it's something we, I think, we're seeing more of. Actually, it's, we saw that again yesterday. We were all trying to be mm. like sort of play playing football a lot more and nice fancy touches and stuff, but we're getting steamed into. So but you know, just to finish off in the Everton game, we ha- we just shaved the, the possession at fifty one percent to their forty nine percent. West Ham had sixteen shots on tar sixteen shots with a five on target. Everton had thirteen shots and four on target. So on paper we could have just nicked it, but we just didn't finish all our chances and on paper didn't we could have take nicked, but it's very close. It was and, and it was uh, two evenly matched teams, I think. As Sam Allardyce would say, we we should respect the point and we did respect the point. Why I think we were quite happy because keep reverting back to that bloke. Just Everton, let it go, Everton are a bogey team for us, let's be honest. Aren't they? Well, yeah, they we've not had a good well, history well, yeah. against them, but Leon Osman and Lukaku are bogey players. Yeah, and uh you'll hear um Leroy Rossinia say later. Um, he thinks that Everton are probably a better team above us in, in you know, when it all sorts itself out, they've probably got a better Squad and will finish better than us in in the league as well. Don't have to listen to that bit now. No, you don't. Uh, so moving on to yesterday's game, uh, which we're all still down in the dumps about. I know I am for sure. Yeah, especially hard to go into work yeah, today exactly. with some dirty Spurs supporters giving it large. Uh, so in case you missed it, sorry, but we lost four one. Uh, we got consolation we goal at the end. Consolation we goal at the end. Let's start on a positive. Well, Lanzini scoring again. Yeah, and it was I a, love it was that a, guy. It was a very good goal as well, wasn't it? Was. it? So he is amazing. You know, if we stop talking about Payet now and start talking about Lanzini, you know, a guy who comes from the Middle East, club, unknown, really in the Premier League, steps up straight away, starts playing straight away, hasn't been dropped since, scoring the goals, doing some great touches, creative, and and he's the one no one's been really talking about. Payet's getting hold all on, hold, hold on a minute. Everyone's been talking about him. Well, they only recently, since Payet, before that, before Payet getting injured, is Payet this, Payet that, everything was about Payet. All I see about him is how the, the media generally are trying to engineer a move for him away from our deal. <coughs> but as, uh, yeah, you're right. In recent times since Payet, they've only turned their attention to him, saying Liverpool want him. Our sources... Clarent you say, absolute rubbish. It's a cast-iron contract. We're going to get him for 8 million quid. We've got first options. No one can do anything about it. So it's, it's a non-story. It was International Week. The papers made up lots of stories, including um, he was Andy flattered. Carroll going to Sunderland, which I will <laughs> tell you about more off-air, because uh, I can't tell you on-air. Is Lanzini really flattered by the interest of, by, of, from Liverpool or is it just media? I'm sure his agent probably said something like that. Of course he would say he's probably flattered, but I doubt the player would say something but like the that. The headline says it and then you read into it and it says he's flattered by the interest, but he's quite happy at West Ham at the moment and concentrating on the next We've game. We've got a contract, as I say. No one can come in. I love it. We've I'll tell you what you should do. You should do another article on that. On what? On, on, his, contract. on his contract. Why? What on Clarence Hughes? You should do another article on that. Why should we do one? Are you saying we've done too many well, about Well, you do contract? one about every other day. <laughs> <don't you>? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair, fair dues, guys. Uh, so, yeah, we lost 4-1. Uh, 
uh, completely outplayed for pretty much the whole of the match. Well, we did all first, right for the first, first 12 or sort of 15, 15 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we were. They were still having chances, though. I know, but well, we, we were holding them back. We were stopping them playing their game for the first 15 minutes. We, we we've sat there ourselves, didn't we, saying this is not settled down, this game. It's a right scrappy affair. And then they, they use those exact words. They basically, they lucked into their first goal, didn't they? Yeah, they, they got, got a rebound. I don't know. It, it looked like it was coming, though. It, well, to yeah, some degree. The actual goal itself. It, it know, fell oh, in yeah, front yeah. of him. Yeah. They got a rebound. It fell in place for him. And yeah. He, I mean, Kane did well. He spun Jenkinson, but, you know, and it was a good finish. But yeah. then, it, then he got through, get through on one-on-one, didn't he? And <laughs> was, Again, we and it to hit the corner flag. So we seem to be facing teams at the top of their form now. So, you know, we, we hit... Um, you know, Everton have got a good run of form and Lukaku's in form. And who do we hit? I think, is it um, Kane has now scored five goals in a row now um, in, in, in oh, consecutive know, matches? I don't, I don't know. know. But he's running into form now. Well, but it, you know, it's what's going to happen, Sean. You are going to run into top, teams in top form. Top in the fantasy league in We've got West Brom next. They just beat Arsenal. Well, Tony Pullis, teams are difficult to beat. And I, I hate to tell you this, and you go, oh, well, stop going on about it. But Sam Allardyce never oh. beat... As Tony Pulis team, by the way. Well, you know, in this this yesterday, it was it turned out to be an embarrassment, didn't it? You know, no one had a good game. Well, we seemed to be shell shocked. That first goal seemed to shock us, uh, and we just heads went down. Um, Tomsk had a, a, a really bad game, made another shocking mistake after one he made earlier in the season. I forget who that was against. Well, well, two mistakes have cost... Who was it? What, Watford. He's cost us two goals now. I know it's very easy to say when a defender makes a mistake, costs you a goal. When a striker makes a mistake, it's, it's not a goal, you know? But, you know, these are the top people of their game. They shouldn't be making mistakes like that, in my view. Have you seen that goal yet? No. No, I haven't. But they... I mean... All those people that you see all the time, you know, that see the Deli Alley love affair. He's obviously the greatest player in England at the moment, <laughs> according to the media. But all that talk about why isn't um, Noble playing? Why isn't Tonkins playing? Why isn't Creswell playing? Well, they played in front of the England manager yesterday, and none yeah, of them three could be anywhere near the England team on that performance yesterday. Yeah, so I, said, I, I said that yesterday. None of them have done themselves any favours. They've favors. done absolutely nothing to warrant anywhere yeah. near the England team. They were all pretty awful. Um, yeah. Jenkinson. Jenkinson. Jenkinson yeah. needs to... Say your bit on Jenkinson now. Let's well get it out of the way. He needs to be taken out of the fight. He, he's just not doing... He hasn't had a good season at all. He's been pretty awful all season. He, he seemed to, to me to be very nervous on the ball. He seemed to want to get rid of it as soon as possible. You don't want that from a fullback. He seemed to be, oh, let's get rid of it straight away rather than playing it up that we know he can play. They should they should look at another option for him. They should look, they should either they should take him out and put well, the Tom money we're paying for him with well, a two million pound but you can't have it doesn't matter does it? Look, it you can't have the, if they yeah. if they're playing Moses week in, week out just because the yeah. money we're paying him. Moses had a shocker yesterday. He did, yeah. He's not had a good game for about three games now. Yeah. And I agree. You, and then you've got well, Antonio, then Antonio should come in. sat on his arse. Yeah, we talk he about that with Leroy chance. later. We so discuss all these things with Leroy. You know, I, I think Obana should be coming in now. Tomkins should be put out to the right. And I think time for um, Antonio to get a game. And Moses to be sat down on his ass. Yeah. It's, it's time for, for him to shake a few things up. Noble's out anyway. So you bring Song straight in naturally. Noble's on a uh, ban, isn't he? On match ban, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, you just just because we're paying big fees for these players doesn't warrant the fact that they should get a starting. And right back, like you said earlier, is a lot more uh, an important position for the team than where Moses plays. Yeah. In terms of making mistakes and getting yeah. things wrong because they're much more costly. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Everyone had a bad game. Even yeah, everyone. Even did. Adrian had a bad game, and he actually, I don't know if you saw, he tweeted and apologised afterwards to all the fans. And, and, and took he? it on the chin. Yeah, he uh, made a couple of mistakes as soon as the final whistle well. went last, last night, I, I turned it off and didn't look at anything West Ham until this morning. So, yeah, I mean, Do you, you want to do the stat attack? But uh, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, they, they beat us. Um, <laughs> we had 44% possession, which wouldn't surprise anyone. We had 10 shots, four on target. Um, Kearty hit the bar. Does, does When you hit the bar... Does that count as a shot on target or not? Or is it shot off target? I don't think it does. I think it's shot off. I yeah, I guess so, because it wasn't on target. But he was offside anyway, so... Yeah, but the flag didn't go up. No, but so it would have counted. I think if it had gone in, I mean, they would have put the flag up. <laughs> it was a great shot, though. A great uh, overhead kick. Wasn't weren't it? good it enough, though, was it? a terrific goal. Uh, but Spurs had 22 shots, 12 on target, when they tell the story. They did mullered us. They just, all, all over us, the best player in the world, Ali kept <laughs> taking everyone, <laughs> beating everyone. He done really well. Blooming Dyer, he just they, the energy they had, the amount of pace and fitness and attack minded they were, we just couldn't cope with it. It was like playing a good quality Bournemouth side or whatever. They were the same power Leicester when we played them. They had the enthusiasm and pace of a newly promoted Leicester side. Leicester everyone. Yeah, top of the league. Well, yeah, but they had the they had. Everything about a uh, like a newly promoted side with all the energy and enthusiasm, but they had the skill of a yeah they were much play. better than us. Much better. Well, last night I was on the EPL roundtable podcast hosted by two Spurs fans. I agreed to go on it before the game, schoolboy era, um, and uh, they even said you only got the Lanzini goal, and they said taking nothing away from him because it was a good finish because Carl Walker made four mistakes, consecutive mistakes to let Lanzini in. But even he had a good game, and he's pretty awful. What, Carl Walker? Yeah. He scored a worldie on the yeah. outside of his goal. right foot. Yeah. It was just, there was times they cut us open so often. I think I tweeted just after we went 3-0 down, just, this is horrible. Yeah, it was. It was just and that's how it felt. It was just You weren't even replying on the WhatsApp group, you two, were you? I, I, I muted it. Just see how I turned it off. I just, it just gives your, me the Your eight. commentary is like... But we, we you got to understand what we're watching the game as well. So yeah, I know when when you say, "Oh, wouldn't it have been good if Kiyotu had scored that overhead kick?" <laughs> like, well, y- yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, of course, it would. And then when they we go like, "Oh, two nil down." Uh, yeah, well, yeah, cheers. we know that because <laughs> we're watching it. <laughs> so it was just don't. You muted me. Okay, fair enough. But it was. It's just anyway. What it's a lovely day for a game of football yeah. yesterday. Get yeah. everything done, settle down, watch the football. And, and you know, just before we, we move on to the gaffer, you know, uh, uh, tragic events unfolded because, you know, a 35-year-old chap... 34, isn't he? 35. 36, I heard. Met police <laughs> at 35. Um, got stabbed in the stomach just outside uh, White Hart Lane. Um and a 14-year-old kid got it as well, didn't he? Well, he got hit, yeah. Some, uh, uh, allegedly, a, a black Range Rover stopped, got out, beat the kid up. Um, the police said they don't know anything about the 14-year-old kid or whether he got slashed or stabbed or bottled or hit because he hasn't come forward. But um, 
people who went there, and an ex-West Ham employee was there and, and wrote an article, said it was, it was pretty nasty. It was, one, it was a really bad atmosphere, and it was really nasty. It's always like that there, though. Don't you remember when we went in the Carling Cup and it was all... Yeah, it was. We saw fights, didn't we? Yeah, we we did saw fights. There was two people fighting right next to a police horse and outside the ground. And do you remember the crush of getting into the actual... Yeah. So it's always like that. And then, then as we left, do you remember, we saw fights down the alleys yep. of police, kids just I mean, running battles, fighting. And the police were just, just it is nasty. letting it go by. It is horrible there. And the, the steward in there is pretty awful. They... they they completely hate and just dis- got disdain what, for us what all. What is this hatred we've got? We haven't got historic hatred of Spurs. Is it do the Olympic Stadium? Is it because they nick some of the players? Is it, it is, because it's just what a, is it It's just, a, it's just it historic, really, because it's just been London derbies for the last hundred odd years. But so. it's also the trickle down effects of the recent stuff as mm. well. But let's face it, they are the most disliked team in London. I don't, I don't hate anyone, right? I just. I think they're mouthy sometimes, Spurs fans, and they give it all the large, especially the ones that don't even go to the games. I don't hate them. Uh, I do. You do? (laughs) (laughs) Really? But I just just, just think it is a lot to do with the more modern stuff as well now. It is a historically disliked team in London. No one likes Tottenham. You listened to them yesterday. I'm surprised you haven't made another one of your complaints, Sean. He's sitting there yesterday. <laughs> they're, all, they're all singing like they're all going. No noise singing. from the P boys. Yeah, they're all calling us. Well, I did. I did tweet that out, and I was thinking of raising a, um, a kick it out complaint against them, because as you know, the P word is a racist slur. Yeah. That's recognised by the fine, kick it out it? campaign. If anyone starts singing Y word at them, yeah, and you at get twenty-eight minutes, it. I made a note of this. So you're right, John. At 28 minutes, I made a note that over <laughs> Sky, New, uh, Sky Sports 1 coverage, you could hear them saying, no noise from the P-Boys. I won't say that word because it's a racist word. Derogatory. Derogatory. Racially derogatory. It, it is, and it shouldn't be used because it's against travellers and, and, and it shouldn't be used at all. But it's racist. Fine. They are racist. I can't. It's just one wall for one over there oh, all I, the time. I, come on. I think the only thing to balance it up is our boys probably said a lot worse, and they do say a lot worse. Well, they did. Everyone's boys say a lot worse things. Yeah. Where anyway, uh, and wishes relaxers. go out. Uh, best wishes go out to the thirty-five-year-old, thirty-four-year-old, whatever it is, and, and hope he gets well soon. Because I don't think there's any place in football for this. Uh, it's a return to the dark old days of when we were going. John and um, we thought we'd seen the back of that. There's not been many stabbings or, or nasty attacks, as you say. It's always a bit nasty at Spurs, but you don't expect to be stabbed just by going to football. Really, we don't know the details, but no, you don't. No, no, you don't. Sean. So, sure, sure. Let's hear what the the gaffer had to say. Slavin, I know you'll be disappointed with the result, but how would you assess the performance from your team? Well, the performance uh, matches the result. To be fair, they were they were better than us uh, up until the first goal. The game was like uh, they didn't create a lot. They were pressing us, but we also had some situations in the last third of the pitch. And but after the first goal, they it lifted them. We went in a little bit of a shock because of the goal, but uh, to be fair, in the first half, uh, and I said it to the guys, okay, we were 2-0 down at the half-time, but uh, we were still in a game, we needed to score a goal and to 
to raise our game, to be more more uh, focused, to be more hungry on the second balls, to be better on the ball as well, and to be better in the transitions when they were really good. But uh, the third goal, which came out of uh, our mistake, okay, uh, it just uh, killed us. And uh, to be fair, it could have been more. It was very unlike West Ham to commit so many mistakes defensively today. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it was uh, unlike us. And that's well, okay, we, we were preparing for a game for the whole week. We knew uh, what their strengths are and all that, uh, and it all looked well, but uh, we just uh, couldn't produce it on a pitch, we couldn't put it on the pitch, and they, they were, uh, to be fair, they were uh, more a team, they were, uh, especially physically, we knew they are good with the ball and all that, but physically they were uh, quicker and uh, stronger in one, one against one situations, and they were better in transitions. And uh, to be fair, uh, of course, that we played a really bad game, but they played a good game. So we have to give them some credit for this. So how do you react after a heavy defeat? Do you read them the riot, the riot act, or do you hope that they respond and get back to the standards that you set? Well, of course, it's good. <laughs> Both, <laughs> both. I mean, uh, in first hand, uh, in one hand, we have to forget this game, but uh, we're gonna talk about this game. Not because of this game, but because of the game that, that we have to play in, uh, on Sunday. I mean, we have to be when we are playing as a team, when we are playing, when we are good behind the ball, and when we are focused and concentrated. We show so many times that we are that we are. A good team, but if we are not like that, and it wasn't deliberately. I mean, uh, the guys wanted, especially against Spurs, they wanted it more than than let's say in a normal game. But uh, we weren't. Simply, we weren't good enough to get anything out of that game than uh, to be defeated. There you go, our, our leader Slavon Bilic. What do you think of that, John? <laughs> I. Pretty I much agree. agree with what he has you to say. Heard <laughs> it. You never hear it. I think he got it wrong. He does admit blame as well. he, he does take the blame and he says it won't happen again. Although I think he did say that after He's Watford. Everton. Was it Watford, Watford Everton? Everton? One of those two. The the um, idea of us our success so far this season being a counter attacking a team and breaking on pace and stuff, Carroll just does not fit that no. mould. And, and we've been found out a bit because people know the way we play. And you'll see here, you know, a few people, and I say this to Nigel later, you know, people accusing Slavin Bidic of being a bit one-dimensional. You know, what other tricks has he got beyond counter-attack yeah, and top ball? Yeah. So he, he, needs, he needs to try something else. Plan yeah. B. Well, he, or put or the C. right players or in the place. Back to, to plan A. Plan A, <laughs> And get the right sort of people in place to do it, because unfortunately Carroll just slows the thing right up. He doesn't work as hard as Sacco does up front. You know, someone at work said to me today, "That Sacco, he's pretty bloody useless." I said, "He's out on the right. He had no no ball." Yeah, what did they only watch him like yesterday? Yeah, mm. they said he, j he just kept getting done by the Tottenham player and getting. We well, shouldn't have out been out and out wide. He should have been up front, and they should. It's not his position, is it? Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Uh, that's a good link, actually, talking about Carol. Uh, uh, we were due we to speak to... Talk about Sacco, to, weren't we? 
Well, we were before oh, that. Okay. We were talking about Carol. Uh, we were Seamless. due. We are. We were due to talk to Jack Collison, uh, but he had a really busy day today, uh, and we're going to be speaking to him uh, later this week for next week's. So instead, we caught up with Leroy Rossinia because uh, you know he, he knows about football. He's a commentator. He does a lot for the Premier League. Um, so we caught up with former Hammer Leroy Rossinia again as part of the Clarence Hugh interview uh, to talk to him particularly about the Spurs game. And this is what he had to say earlier this afternoon. And we welcome back to more than just a podcast. He's a friend of the podcast now. It's Leroy Rossinia coming back for Clarence Hugh interview. Um, the hot topic, Leroy. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you watched the game. It's yeah. a Spurs game. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one question. Yeah. What went wrong? Uh, well, everything. Uh, I know it sounds harsh, but four one actually flattered West Ham. West Ham uh, were. Not, you have to give credit to Tottenham. Um, they're, they're a very good side at the moment, and they're, they're certainly on the up. But they're not as good as West Ham made them look. The the problem for me and the problem for Slavin Billis was how was he going to replace. Pie. Now you, you felt that you know with Pye going out, Lanzini would be would be obviously a good choice to go in there. But it seems to have had a knock-on effect. And and when Sacco was fit, I thought Sacco would go and play up front because I think Sacco has been magnificent this season. I think he's been the key to everything good that West Ham have done. And I know people are talking about you know how we've defended and how James done great in goal and Pye's done absolutely amazing. But Sacco's the one who stretches the game out for the team and creates space for people in midfield and and and, and kind of occupies the two centre-halves. Now, this is no disrespect to, to, to Andy Carroll, but it's not his game to play up front in a cow attacking team. He just he can't do it. And every time I, I looked at the, the, the back ball, West Ham with the ball, and they looked forward, they saw Andy Carroll stood in and around the halfway line trying to receive balls into his feet and uh, it was getting picked off and, uh, and they just couldn't get out. So I just felt that, you know, with Sacco on the right, that main, the, the prior injuries had a knock-on effect to the team. West Ham couldn't counter-attack as they had done in previous games and I think it caused a major problem and Spurs were always on the front foot and then you give a, a, a team like Spurs you know, t- territorial, territorial advantage in the game they, they're going to punish you at the moment and they certainly did that. So has Slavin got to take some of the blame for getting tactics wrong, having two up front and the way he set up? Well, I don't think it was, it was two up front. I, I think that Sacco was something on the right. He pushed further forward but um, yeah. I think that the, was it, was it the tactics were right, but the personnel were wrong? Well, you know, I think you saw him really angry after the game, and I can understand why he was angry. And I just wondered whether he was angry at the team's performance or angry at himself, because you know, I, I felt he picked the wrong team and, and didn't give the, the, the players a chance to really go and perform and compete. Um, but yeah, Andy Carroll is a good player, and there's absolutely no doubt about it. He's got real qualities, but he's, I think his qualities is as a front man with a with a partner. Um, uh, and it was very difficult for him on the evening. And you know they they couldn't really play him behind because he hadn't got the pace to get in behind. You know for Tonga or Alvarez, and they tried to play him for him, and he found it difficult to hold the ball up at times because he was surrounded by a couple of players. And, and just with Sacco up front, he can come short and spin, and, and he's been magnificent. And that was a big miss, I feel, for for West Ham. So you know you, you, it just compounded the situation of Sacco not being up front for me. And I, and I think that was a big, big reason. The other reason was, you know, the team just didn't compete. It didn't compete well enough and uh, and lost their individual battles around the pitch as well. But I do think that tactically um, it wasn't right. Um, and that's the first time I, I've been able to say that this season because he's been spot on, I slavent with the, you know, I think, most of the things that he's done. Yeah, I think he has taken some of the blame, but also said he was very disappointed with the team. 
So it's a sort of equal blame that, you know, the players didn't turn up and, and I think he said they've got the tactics wrong. I just want to pick you up on the Andy Carroll thing first. Mm-hmm. Where, where does Andy Carroll go from there? Can he fit in a Slavin Bilic team? Should we offload him? What, what, personally, where do you see Andy fitting in? Personally, I, I, I don't see Andy Carroll getting into the side at the moment. Um, I think West Ham have, have moved forward and they're, they are a dynamic, pacey, counter-attacking side most of the time. And then when they play at home, they, they need to they, they need to have sharper players. I feel Andy Carroll is great. You know, he's, he's a great centre forward. He's great in the air, and when he's been at his best, is when he's come off the bench and, and they can go. You know, in, into you know in, get crosses into the box. But I don't think Andy Carroll's going to be happy happy with that. I think he's better than that. I think he's a player that should be at a Premier League side and starting week in week out. But I don't. I'm not sure if West Ham are the side who are going to offer him that. So, you know, and I look at the, the strikers at West Ham, I know Valencia's injured, and well, I do think that if all things being even, all players being fit, I think Sacco, uh, Valencia are definitely in front of him. And is that something that Andy Carroll can accept at this time of his career where he hasn't played a lot of football, he's had lots of injuries, he'll want to play. And, you know, especially with the European Championships coming up, you know, this is the calibre of the player we're talking about, somebody who could get into that England squad. But I just think that maybe West Ham have just moved on. Uh, from, from Andy Carroll. Um, and that's not his fault, certainly not his fault. Um, and maybe they should look for a striker who can come in and, and do do a different sort of job. You know, it'd be great to keep Andy Carroll in the squad if he was happy to, to be in and around the side because he's, yeah, obviously he gives you that option of that, that ball into the box and, and his, his stature uh, in, in both boxes is, is immense. But I'm not sure that he'd be happy with that. I just, my only problem with, and I don't disagree with you, is, you know, he's our top earner. He's on a basic of £85,000 a week. He's settled in London because, obviously, he's got a new baby and he's got a new house. His his fiance Billy Mucklow, owns a business uh, in, in Loughton. And, therefore, I see he's very settled. So I don't see him moving back to the North East, even though he's been rumoured with uh, Newcastle and Sunderland. I see him wanting to stay, stay down south. And, and his options may be limited because I, I can't see him going to Chelsea or, or Arsenal or Spurs, which sort of leaves maybe Watford or, I don't know, Southampton, etc. I, I just don't see how he'd fit in. I don't think he would take a, a drop in wages. And therefore, in some ways, I think West Ham stuck with him. And, and you know, he's, he, it's a lot of money, £85,000 a week, to pay for a super sub to sit on the bench, isn't it? Absolutely. But I just, I mean, this is down to, if it does come to, you know, we're, we're speaking hypothetically here, that do West Ham want to get rid of him? If they did want to get move him on, or if what if Andy wants to move on himself? I know you're saying about being settled, but, you know, for most footballers, that's not something that actually applies. You're never settled. You're a footballer. You go where you can play. Um, and, you know, I don't think Andy Cowley's the type of character who'd be happy just sitting on the bench picking up these 80-plus thousand pounds a week. I think he'll want to play. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to sell him. I think he'd go out on loan uh, and get some football because I think he needs regular football to get back to the levels that he was at, you know, a couple of seasons ago. And, that, you know, the reasons why Liverpool went and spent £35 million on him, you know, so... Yeah, it, it, it's no good for him sitting on the bench. And you know, I understand, you know, about you know the baby situation, but he's a professional footballer, and professional footballers should want to play football. Um, yeah. And at the moment, I, you know, again, I think all things being equal, everybody being fit at West Ham, I don't think Andy Carroll is first choice, uh, and I think that's obvious. Um, and again, you know, we're talking about Andy Carroll as if it was his fault. It's not. It's not just his fault. I just think, you know, if you're going to change the team, you have to change the team. If you're going to change, sorry, the players, 
you've got to come up with a system that suits the players. And it just didn't suit Andy Carroll yesterday, but I can totally understand why Slavin wanted to play that way because he's had so much success you know, in previous away games. So it's a, it's a yeah. bit of a <coughs> conundrum for Slavin. You know, does he change the does he change the, the team formation to, to accommodate Andy Carroll, or does he change the players? For me, it's the it's the latter because I think the, the most of the players are happy with the system that he's come up with this season. I think that's been proved with the performances and the, the points for. And so I think it's a tough decision that you'll, you'll have to make. But for me, it would be a case of maybe moving, uh, trying to move Andy, Andy on and, and getting another strike who can, can go and do that job. Because I think in the Premier League, you need that for most the mo- for most games, majority of games, you need an extra player in midfield. You saw that last night against Tottenham. They absolutely battered us in midfield. You know, Ali Dyer, Dembele <clears throat> absolutely ran the show. And all the sides uh, in the Premier League like to play with an extra man in that midfield. And I just felt that they are midfield, good players. You know, I like our midfield. Noble, Chiati, you know, Lanzini. You know, I think these are all good players. I just didn't think they had a platform to, to go and play, to get up the pitch and to play with the, the pace and the, and the verve that they have done already this season. Well, you talk about midfield, and there's the question on everybody's lips. Why is Slaven not giving Antonio a chance? You know, he had a perfect opportunity. Game was lost, uh, you know, virtually. Antonio, we've paid £7 million for him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's only come on for one small uh, substitute's appearance at Man City. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeti had. Yeah. Um, and he, he doesn't get a chance again. He brings on Zarati. I mean, have you got a reason why he's not being played, why he's not getting his chance? Well, no, I, I don't know. But one thing I can say is that Zarati, maybe he's done all right. He started the season, he started the season, you know, he scored uh, at Arsenal and he's found himself out of the side. So maybe Michael, Michael Antonio is just down the pecking order and might have to wait his chance. Because, you know, why, why you know, you ask the question then. Why, why shouldn't Zerati get an opportunity? Because he's done nothing wrong in the, in the performances I've seen this season. And so Michael Antonio has come to a side that's doing very, very well. And he has to earn his place. You know, it doesn't matter where they played £7 million for him. I, I, I like 
I like Michael, Michael Antonio. I think he's a, he's a he's a very good player. He can play down the left. He could maybe play up front and do a job up front. But I don't know how he's been doing in training. I don't know how he's settled into the team. But what I do know is that from when I've seen Zarate, he's done nothing wrong. Uh, so it didn't surprise me when he came on because he's done okay when he's come on. So, you know, there's a pecking order there. And uh, at the moment, you know, Slavin feels that Michael Antonio is a little bit down that pecking order and maybe needs to work a little bit harder. But that's no, that's no, that's no um, criticism of the player. He just finds himself in the squad that's been doing very, very well. So, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't question uh, that decision at all. How about Victor Moses? Because he didn't have a good game yesterday and he's been a bit hot and cold for West Ham. Do you still put him above uh, Antonio? And you know, Because Antonio is going to be the future. Victor Moses, very expensive for one season only. Do you think there's a bit of pressure on Bilic that you know, a reported £165,000 a game if he plays with all the bonuses and the loan fee, etc. Does he have to play Moses? Look, bottom line is, it doesn't matter what they're being paid. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to say that, but he's a West Ham player. At the moment, they've got to be judged on merit, not on how much yeah. they're being paid. Whether Andy Cowles gets top uh, wage earner, doesn't matter. He's got to play because he earned, he's earned it, not because he's getting paid the most. That's how football is. And yeah. uh, uh, and if I, I would have played Victor Moses, definitely. The, the, the way that Victor plays, and the, you know, he is going to be hit and miss. He, he, he's somebody who tries things all the time. Now, do West Ham want someone who's just going to run up and down the pitch and yeah, there's plenty of players like that, but Victor tries to do different things. He tries to make things happen, and sometimes it isn't going to happen for him. I'm afraid you're going to have to accept that from Victor Moses. That's the, that's the, what makes him a, such a talented player, you know, that he is able to try those things. And you know, and to be fair, nobody had a good night last night. Um, so but yeah. if I was if I was uh, managing Victor Moses, I'd have him in the side again next week and tell him to go and try and try those things again because you know that he can he can win you a game. Um, and that's the difference. Sometimes it'll, it'll be totally anonymous, but sometimes it'll go and win you a game. That's that's what Victor does, um, mm. and that's why he's uh, at Chelsea, and that's why they they signed him on a new contract because they see great potential at the moment. Albeit on loan, he's a West Ham player, and it doesn't matter what that's be, what what's being paid for him. He's earned it, and uh, mm. uh, so you know I can see. You know, it's, it's it's funny how you know when you get a beating like that, people question the the decision. But I think before there wouldn't be many changes to you know to a lot of the team but I do think that you would have looked at it and thought yeah, I did say before I would always play Saka up front because for me I just think he's outstanding people talk about Jamie, Jamie Vardy scoring goals and Harry Kane scoring goals I think he's just as important for the team might not have scored as many goals but I think he's the key to how West Ham play so that's my only criticism of Slavin Billy certainly not going to go around uh, slagging off players who are sixth in the, in the Premier League at the moment and have been absolutely exceptional it's a setback, yeah. and these things happen. And uh, when you have a setback, it's how you bounce back from them. And, and, and what's pleased me most about this West Ham side is when they've had difficult results, which they have done this season, their next game, they, they, they've got it right. And I expect the same again this weekend. Yeah. So you did say, you know, not everybody didn't have a good game. And we were playing an informed Tottenham, and, mm-hmm. and you're right to say that we've got to remember we're sixth place. The last one I'm going to just pick up on your, your views mm-hmm. is James Tompkins, because... Another mistake of a pass that got picked up cost the goal. That's the second yeah. time this season that's happened. Is is he a first choice centre back for you? Yeah, he is. I tell you why. I tell you why. The first mistake was a horrendous mistake in the season, and, and he knows that. And the second one was a horrendous mistake. Uh, the unfortunate thing for James is they both led to goals, so it hurts him. But last night I could actually understand because when you sat, when you're at the back as a centre half and you look you look forward. 
and you see that all your team, if you look at that, because I've seen that goal a few times today, because in my job I've been analysing, you, you look forward, and he had nothing on. He had absolutely nothing on. Now, if you've got Sacco up front, he gets it, and he most really just fires that in the corner. And But when you're playing with somebody who can't stretch the game out, and this is, no, again, no criticism of Andy Cowell, when you can't stretch the game out, you're trying to just force balls. And that's where West Ham got into, because they were stuck in their half. And he, what he tried to do was actually the right thing, to try and keep the ball and not give it away, to give his team some sort of respite. It was a, it was a mistake, and the, the reason why it's been highlighted is because it led to a goal. It, he was devastated, and, and he'll learn from that. But you know what? You, you learn by your mistakes. He's a good player. He's been terrific. And it's, it's amazing, again. Again, I just don't want West Ham supporters to lose sight of the, the players they've got here and start looking at the negatives because there's been so many positives this season and players will make mistakes and a lot of players make mistakes a lot of the games that unfortunately for them they don't lead to goals so for me James Sunskins has been brilliant it really has I think that partnership in him, him and Reid is, 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 a, is a good one they're both still uh, the, you know, the, the right age for me um, and it's funny with those games when you make a mistake it's, uh, it's highlighted so yeah, he made a horrible mistake, but I think he's going to learn from that. And I do think the circumstances on this occasion against Spurs have been some way towards explaining that. The first one was just an awful mistake earlier on in the season. I don't think there's no, yeah. any excuses for that. But this one, trying to play into the front, when you've been pinned back and you've been giving the ball away time and time again, I can understand why he made this mistake on this occasion. And uh, I'll forgive him that because uh, you know he, he was one that uh, kept going, even though he didn't have a great game like everybody else. Kept, uh, yeah. get, kept his head up, was prepared to go and make mistakes. And sometimes you've got to look at players when in that situation, when you get battered like uh, like West Ham are, that are prepared to still go and get on the ball and try and make the right decisions. And he certainly did that for me. Uh, you, you, so you put him ahead of Ogbonna. So it's it's Reed and and and, uh, and Tompkins for you. Ogbonna's had his, his uh, you know, a few injury problems. And you know what, if, it's not a case of me putting him ahead. I would have played Tompkins last night because he was the one in form. He was in he was in he, he was the one who, who had the shirt. And I don't think yeah. if you if you kinda of go back twenty four hours and West Ham all all the fans were picking the side, you'd have picked James Tompkins as well because he'd been terrific in, in yeah. recent weeks. Yeah, he's made a mistake and it might cost him, you know what? It might cost him because besides the 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 the, West, the squad that West Ham have got in place, Slavin can go and make changes and if he feels that you know that it might do and this is the only reason why he should do it, that it might do uh, Tompkins some, you know, uh, help him to maybe leave him out or, or to help the team then he, he, he obviously it's his prerogative to make that decision but I'm just saying that that, that mistake was made because he was trying to do the right thing in a very very difficult situation and I can understand why he made that mistake it doesn't excuse it but I can understand why he did it OK let's look forward I'm just going to ask you you know your view on obviously we've got West Brom at the weekend mm-hmm. to bounce back um and also, after that, and it'll be my final question, Scotty Parker said yesterday on, on Goals on Sunday that West Ham are a mid-table team and their position is false at the minute. Despite having good players and having good um, start to the season, we're in a false position and we're just a mid-table team. So my, my first question is, how do you see you know, the game against West Brom at the weekend? My second question is, where do you see us finishing in the, in the league this year? Well, firstly, the game against West Brom is going to be different. You look at their performance against Arsenal, even though uh, I think they had one shot on target and they scored twice to beat Arsenal 2-1. So Tony Pulis is going to treat West Ham just like he does all the other big sides um, and treat them with total respect. He's got to get plenty of players behind the ball, defend deep uh, and make it difficult for West Ham. 
Um, off the back of that, uh, I do think West Ham, if they pick the right side, can. And you know what, Andy Carroll might be. A, a, this might be a game where Andy Carroll might be really <laughs> important. You know, so you haven't said what we've just said. You're the team that's yeah. playing deep. You know, you need to get the ball wide and get the ball in the box. So Andy Carroll could, could bounce back certainly this weekend. Uh, the reason why I said that about how Tony Pulis would approach this game is because at this moment in time, West Ham are in sixth place in the league. Um, we don't know where West Ham's going to uh, finish, but I do feel that you know, if we can get obviously players back fit, I think this could be a really good season. And I think I do. I still do believe that. Uh, uh, I know to mid-table. I don't know. I, I don't know in what which content Scotty said it because I didn't see the interview. I don't think he, he didn't. You know, he, most like, West Ham fans have agreed with him. They haven't yeah. actually got. You know, he didn't say it in a malicious way. He he was just sort of stating the fact that we're a mid-table team, and, and have a position at the moment in sixth place is a bit false. But I, actually, I, I, I've I, had I, most I, people agree with that rather than disagree with Scotty. Well, the, the only thing I would disagree is that I would. I I think you judge people by the potential. And if I was to kind of rate. West Ham at the moment, and compare them to other teams in the in the Premier League. I think you've got to compare them with just below Everton because I think Everton have gone and spent lots of money and had time to develop a, a squad. So I think they're just in a, a group of players. I think they're the top four, even though Chelsea, uh, 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 um, you know, they are the top four plus Tottenham now coming to that category. And then I think you've got Everton and Southampton um, who've been developing in the last few seasons with a. Um, with a, a policy which is a, a little bit ahead of West Ham. So then I'd put West Ham in a group, and I wouldn't say mid-table, I'd put them in, in a group from that kind of ranges from about 12th to 8th place. So is that hmm. mid-table? I think it's just above mid-table, and yeah, that's yeah. what I expect uh, from West Ham this season. And But I think they do have the potential, uh, with a little bit of luck, to maybe finish a little bit higher. But if you're looking at... You know, you compare them to other sides in the division, you put West Ham in that category from 12 to 8. Brilliant. And that, that's a brilliant place to end it as well, on a positive okay. note, Leroy. <laughs> thanks for your time. No uh, thanks for coming on and Claret and Hugh interview on more than just a podcast. As always, we're very grateful and uh, speak to you very soon. Yeah, sure. Speak to you soon. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. There he is, Leroy Rosinia. Thank you very much. Cheers, Leroy. Always talks a lot of Thank sense. Thank you, Leroy. That, man. Not sure about starting uh, Andy Carroll man. up front for West Brom. That's the only bit I might take a little bit of uh, disagreement with uh, Leroy. And off the back of one interview into another interview with uh, someone not quite as knowledgeable. Yeah, the well, I don't know about <laughs> that. The better looking, <laughs> the better looking twin of uh, of John, um, Mr. Nigel Khan, better known as the Clarence Hugh West Ham historian. Uh, I caught up with him earlier. I wanted to talk to him about the Spurs match, um, but I also wanted to talk to him on the back of the Radio 4 interview uh, about the bowling ground. If did you he do an interview? No, he didn't do one, but uh, Radio 4 did one uh, radio about farewell to bowling, and they spoke to two nuns who live opposite the ground, believe it or not. They spoke to Gary Thurmanger for Overland and Sea, and they spoke to the programme seller and a few other people in, in a sort of tribute to the end of an era in Green Street. Um, so... I don't know if you know, but Nigel Khan is a, a long-term contributor to Overland and Sea. Um, and I just thought I'd catch up with him and talk about Gary Firminger and, and the end of, of Olas. And uh, this is what he had to say earlier. And we welcome back to more than just a podcast. He's a good friend of the podcast. To use his official title now, he is the historian of Clarence Hugh. <laughs> it's Nigel Khan. <laughs> 
How are you, Nigel? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Two things I want to discuss about you tonight, yep. or with you tonight even. One is a Spurs defeat, and I'm going to ask you a few footballing questions. And then I was going to talk to you about the Radio 4 interview about Gary Firminger, uh, you know, announcing that he's going to become a world-famous uh, reggae DJ and go on a world tour, and he's obviously given up Overland and Sea, of which you're a contributor. But let's start with the horrible stuff. What went wrong yesterday at Spurs, Nigel, from a footballing perspective? From a footballing perspective, I think we got beat by a better team. I think that's what it boils down to. Bad tactics from Village, though, a lot of people saying? Um, not really. They're the same tactics that have, have stood in good stead. But I think what it is is that, obviously, we pay it out. Perhaps the creativity a bit was missing. Made the wrong move, I think everybody will say, and having Andy Carroll up front and not Sacco. That's where you well, can say, not the tactics were wrong, the personnel. Right. Well, what what a lot of fans, I've just been watching a, a video on uh, West Ham Fan TV, and, and I, I agree with some of what they said. You know, they said the problem was we weren't playing out wide. We put Sacco out wide. It never worked. We tried that with Valencia last year. You know, we were, we were forced into playing long ball to Andy Carroll. We were always forced into that. And, and we just had no width. You know, we were trying to play it down the middle. That's where Spurs are the strongest in the midfield. Bad tactics to play straight down the middle. We were never going to win against a strong, informed Spurs side by trying to go through the middle. We lost it in midfield. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we lost it in midfield. Um, yeah, I can see what they're saying about trying to play it through the middle. He's playing in the Tottenham strength. They've got a couple of good centre-halves in Alderweireld and... Um, for for Marlon, and but it was meat and drink for them really, wasn't it? Just throw, I mean, I think I, I think it was about the fifth minute. Reed launched one up to Andy Carroll, and I put my head in my hands and saying, "I hope this is." You know, I was watching it yeah. with a Tottenham fan, and I was like, oh, "I hope this ain't the way we're going to be." It weren't quite like that, but we just weren't really at the races. It's just an yeah. Some some fans said, you know. The problem is, Bilic can be a bit too one-dimensional. Um, you know, he hasn't got many other tricks up his sleeve at the moment. He hasn't, you know, he, he's not switching it around. You know, we, we, we try and play the counter-attacking football. If that doesn't work, we're sort of void of ideas. Is is that being too harsh against him? Is the honeymoon period over for Bilic? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, you could say he's a one-trick pony. It's a better trick than what Allardyce had, or, or, and a better looking pony, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so it, I think it's a bit harsh to be on his case. You know, look, Allardyce for four years was was one dimensional. Billich, this is his, you know, his, his first run at it. He's, he's had one transfer window. Possibly nothing will happen in January. You got to evolve a team. You don't. You don't have revolution. You have to have evolution. Perhaps it was too much too soon. The good run he had. But um, you know, next week we've got West Brom. Let's look look forward to that. That's a t- you know, if we lose against West Brom, we'll struggle. Perhaps there is a bit of a problem there. But you know, Tottenham are a really good team. They're twelve, thirteen unbeaten now. So yeah, you know, let's not let's not no, look no, at it no. like that. No reason to panic. No, no, um, definitely not. Um, Scotty Parker said we're a mid-table team and we're in a false position. Do you agree with him? I, I think we're a, 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 a between 
seven and twelve. So I suppose that is mid table, but upper mid table. We're not we're not a bottom <laughs> mid table team. Leroy said something similar. I think he said maybe eight to, to twelve. So yeah. Uh, yeah. obviously a right feeling. Right, only short shortness of time, I'm gonna move you on. Uh did you listen to the Radio Four interview with uh the nuns and the program seller and uh, Gary Firminger, your mate. I, I did. I did listen to it. Yes, yes, I did. The first person I thought of when I heard of it, you know, speaking of nuns, it was obviously a, a homage to the bowling ground. Um, now we always know that Gary Firminger is saying that he's going to every quite a few seasons. This is my last. I'm going to pack it in for over land and sea. Uh, but he's now said it on national radio. He says that's his last. He won't be carrying on anymore. He's done it, done it for 26 years. He's now a big reggae DJ, and he's going on a world tour. You know all about this? Is, are your days at Overland and Sea finished? Um, I think I'm pretty sure that a lot of people knew that it was going to come to an end once we left. Um, Gary has um denied in the past, but I think the, with West Ham leaving the bowling, it was an actual end for him. Um, you know, he's put his heart and soul in, in, into running that. And I'm grateful. He prints what I write and he doesn't edit it. He allows me to be as full fight as I am, uh, can be. So, you know, I, I love writing for it. And um, I hope people enjoy it while it's there. I, I, I don't think the club will miss it with some of the, the, well, <laughs> the, the comments. Even, they might even say bile that comes out of, of the fanzine <laughs> sometimes. Well, you know, I say things that I think need to be said. You know, the, the problem is if if there's nothing, if there's no voice or no place for that at the club, it's not good in, in my terms. I hope someone else picks up the baton myself. Well, that was going to be my question. Is it possible that um, someone picks up the baton and you know it turns into online or you know what? What has anything been said by Gary on that? Um, no, not really. I can't say that. I, I know he, he said that the last year of the printed version, whether he will then take it online or go down a website route, I'm not sure. You know, you can say there, he loves his music and he loves his DJing. He's DJing a lot. Um, yeah. So I didn't know he was uh, going on a world tour of reggae um, DJs. I, didn't, I, didn't he, know he, I, I know I'm, I'm not a reggae lover, I must admit. So... Um, but I, I know that he does play a lot of places, a lot of big festivals and stuff like that. So obviously he's, he's built up a following. I think he's got a good following. He, he was doing his radio show as well on an internet radio station. So, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, I thought he was very honest. You know, he said, you know, the locals probably need housing more than... Uh, um, you know, a football stadium, and and actually they'd be glad to. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. They'd be glad to see the back yeah. of us, so they can get their match day back. Probably yes, but it makes you know. I'll always say, being a local, that they moved there before they uh, knowing that the football ground was. So from the moment they moved there, there was that influx of people. Um, it was strange listening to it. It was one man on there who said, "We've got a ramshackle of a stadium." Totally ignoring the fact that three quarters of it's under twenty years of age. Yeah, uh, it, you know, there's was... concrete cancer though. The club would la allow us to believe that uh, eating away at the concrete in that in those stands though. Is there? 
Yeah, that's what I've been told. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> they're going to say that, though, aren't they? They're going to come up with every reason under the sun for why they couldn't redevelop. Yeah. Gary Furmage describes himself as an old dinosaur of a supporter. Would you describe yourself as an old dinosaur? Uh, I think I have done in my past. Uh, uh, y- yes. Uh, it's a bit harsh because I'm only 46. You know, I've got another 46 years of watching West Ham. <laughs> so to say I'm an old dinosaur, but I think I think there's a new breed of football fan that's come in. New, yeah, and the and the, and the people yeah, like well, me look on from afar, thinking, "Who, what, you know, what's all this about?" Yeah, well, I felt very old yesterday when the news first broke of the very, you know, sad. Uh, news of the stabbing and, and you know thank goodness he's he's okay and recovering and there are only minor injuries but the guy a very young guy who, who who saw it and and was giving me information to write an article on current news said oh it was an old geezer and i i said well how old and he said mid-30s <laughs> and it made me feel very old that he thought you know that uh, you were an old geezer yeah. Anyway, I'm going to push you on for a prediction. What, what What's going to happen? You know, is Andy Carroll going to start? Is he going to start Antonio? Will James Collins be dropped? What's going to happen on Saturday, Sunday, rather? I mean, James Collins be picked because he can't be dropped. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, uh, James Tompkins, I meant. Oh, sorry. Tompkins. You know, I yeah. Uh, will, will James Tompkins be dropped after that horrendous mistake? No, I don't think so. I, I think he'll give him another go. Um, perhaps. I've, I think you can see Sacco going up front. I'd like to see Zerati coming in myself personally. I think we'll do. There are they've got a good defence, West Brom, so it could be one two near West Ham. Excellent. All right, Nigel. Thanks for your time as ever. And sure. um, looking forward, we're grouping just a little bit of breaking news. We're grouping with Nigel um, <laughs> to go to pick our Olympic Stadium seats. Myself, yeah. George. John, etc. We're going on the 10th of December. 10th of December. So we're really looking... the club. Tell yeah, so <laughs> it's going to be a great day. I think what? So... It's going to be a little bit of entertainment, I think, having you see you trying to pick your seat. Oh. Or not pick your seat, as it may be. I'm preparing for it. All right, we look forward to seeing you then. <laughs> Cheers, Nigel. Cheers, Sean. All right, bye. There you go, Nigel Khan. Thank you, Nigel. Knowledge Duncan, as always. Nigel. Duncan Sean. He's going to the Manchester United at Old Trafford, he said to me. Bless him. So Enjoy yourself, Nigel. Yeah, have fun with the Manx. Mornings Podcast Fancy League updates. England is our leader. New leader. New yeah. leader. Sean is 144th. George is down to 196th. <laughs> well done. Only 10 points off the bottom. Well done. I haven't changed my team for a long time. Uh, last is better late by David Lawrence is it's in last, last place, place uh, in 157th no with 157 points yep it's time for this Facebook Twitter question Yes, it's time for Facebook Twitter question time. This is where we ask you, the listener, to engage with us, the podcast. The Sean, podcast. You finished, you finished talking, John. Yes, yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> the sorry. podcast. We took out. so long to sort that jingle out. It's like 10 minutes that we... 
John, we're having a chat. <laughs> Actually, Actually, I, I think sort out you would... Sean's only been to one home game this season. <laughs> he's not true, John. He's not true. And he's not coming through anymore by the sound of it. That is not true. And Sean was just confessing that he's doing an interview. Ah, uh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and it was also Time saying, out, guys. Time out. We're not going to talk about that live on air. Also, I said that... I said, you really want to make the most of going to the last home games of the season. Oh, whoa, whoa, in our whoa. last season ever at the bowling. And his words were, what are they, George? I don't care. I want to go to the new place. Oh, oh whoa, 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 whoa. I don't really care about leaving. Hang on a minute. What happened to the I old rule? Before I go into the away games anyway. What happened to the old rule? What is off air stays off air? That's never been the rule. Never that has a rule. That's a new rule. rule. What what is off air stays new, off air? It's a new rule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's just agree. Right? What is said off air stays off air. Okay. All right, from now on. So uh, you, you did say you'd rather you don't you care about the old ground. Exactly. You want to go to the new one. I put on the Facebook page earlier, which is facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast. Podcast. Back tonight, recording at seven thirty p.m. We will reflect on Everton and Tottenham and look forward to West. But actually, I put look forward. Uh, what went wrong yesterday? Time to drop or even sell Carol? Exclamation mark! Question mark! Exclamation mark! OMG. Uh, who was first? Lewis John Aaron Trout said it didn't work against Watford or Everton, yet he still persisted with Carroll. Look at our run when we had Sacco playing up top. Why not just revert back to it? Billet said it wouldn't happen again after Watford game. Sean, you said that. But it did. If we don't beat West Brom, serious questions need to be asked. Why did we even bother signing Antonio? Uh, Andrew Quinn says can't we just admit it Spurs were better better than us and pressed us into releasing the ball early second goal we were still in it but the third goal ne- knocked the stuffing out some players seem to be playing themselves out of form stick to Sacco up front bring back Zarate and give Antonio a shot instead of Moses I agree with that one I agree Greg Milker says I never mean to slag players they're better footballers than I'll ever be but Jengerson looked really quite bad yesterday what do you lads think? Thank you so much for the podcast. It helps to ease the blow of a spud defeat. Not fit to wear the shirt. Oh, Greg, that's not very nice. No, it's just I, a bit I'm, over I'm, the top. That is over the top. Look, Kyle Jenkinson, I said from the beginning, we shouldn't have spent the money we spent on Kyle Jenkinson. Oh. We should have invested. Oh. We should have invested Who in a that? new. <laughs> I don't think you did say that. Uh, <laughs> you, right you're back. such a liar. <laughs> All right, I'm nicking what John said at the time <laughs> and just trying to get away with it, but it ain't working. It's, it's the media, darling. <laughs> You are so full of it. The shit I come out with, sometimes I get away with it, then I think, oh shit, they've remembered that. The shit you come out with, you sometimes realise that most of it isn't yours. Yeah, true. It's plagiarism. Plagiarism. Darren Kitchen said, Sacco looked happy again. Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, I I said to you, didn't I? Is it that bloke ever smile? Spuds looked stronger, bigger and faster, which was a worry. Jenkinson was woeful. Cuyate was our best player, yet our midfield was steamrollered. They were. Bad day at the we office. Lost it Let's in hope the so. Midfield, without a doubt. There's only so many bad day at the offices you can have. Aaron Sean Watkins says ta- tactically it was wrong yesterday, including the subs. Carroll should never have started, and Zarate does not deserve to be dropped. Carroll needs to go in January, he says. Ooh. Much better out there. For West Brom, drop Jenkins, drop Jenkinson, put Tompkins out there, bring in a Bonner, Song Obiang in for Noble, and Antonio for Moses. Who will be hungry to prove himself? Um, I don't know. And I'm not even sure he's going to get a game straight away. There's something going on with Pedro Obiang, which we'll go into another podcast. Ryan Pope says, Billich got it completely wrong. Billich got it completely wrong, in my opinion. Agreed on Andy Carroll. He just doesn't suit the philosophy that Billich has installed. 
Moses needs to be dropped. He has about he's had about two good games out of ten, and his fitness levels must be poor. He has only played ninety minutes once in the league for us. Finally, wholesale changes are needed for the West Brom game. Ogbonna, Antonio, Song, or Obiang to come in. So, the general theme, really. I mean, one of the podcast listener uh, did tell us uh, who you know. There's been a lot of questions about Antonio, um, and uh, the guys over at Sex, Drugs, and Carlton Cole have said uh, through their contacts at the training ground that Antonio is not impressed at the training ground. And that's possibly why he's, he's not being parachuted straight into the first team. Well, he doesn't like the facilities. No, he's just not impressed the the, the people and, he's and not impressed at the oh, at the, the training ground. <laughs> anyway, we're probably about <laughs> out of time, aren't we? It was a joke. Yeah, I know it is, but he just, just goes <laughs> over his head. <laughs> I, just, I, I think people need need to realise that Carol. I'm not saying anyway, no, I I don't think Carol fits particularly. But yeah, I think he does have a place, but he doesn't particularly start every game. But historically, we've seen it before. It takes him a while to get up and running, get his fitness level and gets his sharpness. And the same goes for Song. You've got to be prepared now. If Song's going to get starting for him, to get, he gives the ball away a lot when he's out of sort of match fitness and sharpness. So mm. we're going to see a bit of that going on. Old John yeah. Billich over there. Yeah, John Billich. Thank you for this. Oh, no, like. no, no. Predictions. Predictions. West Brom at home, which I will not be at because no, I'm in France. 2 1 win. What? Is there a game on that weekend? Oh, oh, all right. All right. I, I am in realize. France. Um, yeah. I reckon we win 3 0. I believe that it will be a hard game to break through. You know, Tony Pulis will try and stop us playing the is game. He, is he similar to Tony Pulis? Tony Pulis, yeah. Who? What did I say? Was he related to him? What did I call him? Tony Pulis. 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 Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for a shock. Nil nil. No score draw. That's what you're hoping for, isn't it? Really, it's not what I'm hoping for. Well, I think you are because you're not going. You're not going. You didn't even. I think there'll be no check. goals. I think it'll be stalemate. <laughs> But you, can't, it here first. but you can't wait for the foreign home game, now, can you? Be looking forward to that, won't you? Well, <laughs> what the Stoke, Stoke game? game yeah. I, I've got a DJ gig that night. Oh, have you? Yeah, I'll see you at the party then. Cause I'm yeah, you're the coming, party, but yeah. I, I, I've got to set up. Can't someone just take your stuff there for you? I suppose so. If I could arrange that and ask my brother to do it, that might be a good idea, actually. Anyway, it would be nice for you to yeah. come to a game this season. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could ask my brother to set it up. Thank you for listening to Monster's Podcast. Podcast. My name's George. I've been George. Sean has been... Sean. John has been... Philosophical. As always. Thanks for listening. Cut your irons. Come on, Come you, on irons. you irons. Bye. Bye. Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.